Hey everyone, and welcome back. This is Crimes of the Times. I'm your host, Sterling, and on this show, I explore the intricacies of true crime cases around the world and throughout history. Listener discretion is advised. Before I go into today's case, I wanted to say that this one is going to be a mini-episode. It's going to be a bit shorter than the others, and I'm really only going to focus on the main facts of the crime that I find are most important and interesting. With that being said, I hope you enjoy it, and let's jump on in. The subject, or monster rather, that I'm going to be covering today is Jason Eric Massey, who brutally murdered a young boy and raped, mutilated, as well as killing a young girl. In the early morning hours of July 27, 1993, James King was awakened by the sound of a car pulling up to his house, beeping its horn twice, and driving away. When the car passed by again, he looked out his window and observed a tan car turn off its headlights and park in front of his house. King got out of bed and went to the front door. Looking outside, he saw his 14-year-old son, Brian, approach the car on foot and talk to people in the car. At this point, King went to the restroom. When he returned, both Brian and the car were gone. King waited for about an hour for his son to return before going back to bed. When he got up the next morning, King found that Brian and his 13-year-old stepdaughter, Christina, were not in the house. King woke up his common-law wife, Donna Benjamin, and although worried, they decided to wait to see if they would return home. When the children did not reappear, James and Donna searched for them and subsequently filed a missing persons report. Approximately 10 days earlier, Christopher Nolan had been riding in a car with Jason Massey, who was 20 years old and lived in Canton, Texas. Nolan convinced Massey to drive over to see Christina, a friend of Nolan's. Massey flirted with Christina, and she told him that she would like to, quote, sneak out sometime. Massey agreed and told Christina that he would drive by her house around midnight some night and honk his horn and that she was to go out to the old Phoenix station on I-45 and wait. First of all, red flag, what is a 20-year-old doing hanging out with a 14-year-old girl? That's just weird and wrong. When Massey and Nolan left Christina's house, Massey told Nolan, in sexually explicit language, what he wanted to do to Christina, including killing her and cutting her up. Nolan testified that he didn't pay much attention to what Massey said because it was weird and Massey talked about killing girls all the time. Yeah, there's another red flag right there. Just two days later, on July 29, 1993, Law enforcement authorities found two bodies in a field near Teleco in Ellis County, Texas. The first body discovered was that of a nude female whose head and hands were missing. She had been shot in the back and parts of her body were mutilated. When the authorities began searching for the victim's missing body parts, they discovered the body of a young boy, identified as Brian King. Two small caliber bullets were later removed from his brain and the cause of death was determined to be multiple gunshot wounds to the head. No other wounds were discovered on his body. It was more difficult to identify Christina. A deep wound transected her torso like an autopsy incision, exposing her internal organs. Due to the extensive nature of her injuries and several days of decomposition in the intense summer heat, initial identification was impossible. Eventually, the body was confirmed to be Christina's based on recent hospital records. Based on samples of fly larvae from both bodies, it was estimated that Brian and Christina had been killed between the late evening of July 26, 1993 
in the morning of July 27, 1993. Bullet fragments recovered from both bodies appeared to be 22 caliber in size. A subsequent investigation revealed that Massey's cousin owned a 22 caliber pistol that he stored at his grandmother's house before leaving on a trip. Massey took the gun unbeknownst to his cousin. Several witnesses testified to seeing the gun on Massey's person. The Walmart sales clerk, who sold bullets for a 22 caliber gun, two knives, and handcuffs to Massey, picked him out of a lineup after his arrest. Late in July, the owner of a local car wash observed Massey pull in about 11.30 p.m. in a tan-colored Subaru. Massey dumped items into the trash bin and started to back out, but stopped when he saw the owner watching him. He pulled his car back into a bay and started vacuuming. Shortly after this incident, the owner recognized Massey's picture in the paper as someone who might be involved with the murders. A search of the car wash trash bin and vacuum containers resulted in discovery of a red bandana with blonde hair on it, broken car glass, and a payroll receipt from Kentucky Fried Chicken with Massey's name on it. Police searched Massey's house and found two newspaper articles about the murders, handcuffs and a knife box. Man, this guy really had no idea how to get rid of evidence, did he? After a search of Massey's car, the console, steering wheel, stepped to the car, and spots in the passenger seat tested positive for blood, as did a knife in the glove box and items in the trunk, including duct tape, tissue paper, electrical tape, a wrench, a screwdriver, a denim shirt, the head of a hammer, and a jacket. DNA testing revealed a genetic match between Christina's blood and the blood found on the car seat, duct tape, and hammer. A subsequent comparison of blonde hairs found in the car, hairs on the red bandana recovered from the car wash, and hairs found near Christina at the crime scene revealed a microscopic match. Also, carpet fibers from Massey's car matched a fiber found on one of Brian King's shoes. In addition, hair found on Brian's pant leg was microscopically matched with Massey's. An arrest warrant was issued. When placed under arrest, Massey smiled, he was indicted for the capital offense of murder of two persons. He pled not guilty, but was convicted by a jury on October 6, 1994. Now I'm going to cover some of Jason Eric Massey's punishment evidence and prior history. A state witness testified that while on a walk in the woods, he had come across a cooler containing animal skulls and jawbones, and journals encased in plastic labeled, quote, Slayer's Book of Death, end quote volumes one through four. The journals were labeled, quote, the thoughts of Jason Massey, end quote. A former friend testified that Massey had spoken many times about killing dogs, cats, and cows, and remarked that Massey had a fascination with setting fires. This witness relayed that Massey had told him that he killed because of the, quote, adrenaline rush, a high, a turn on, a love to mutilate, end quote. What a sick son of a bitch. The witness also described Massey's subsequent armed robbery of a fast food restaurant and the detailed journals that Massey kept. A state psychiatrist, Dr. Kenneth Dekalova, described his June 1991 examination of Massey. Massey's mother had brought him in for an evaluation after discovering two of his journals and becoming very disturbed by their content. Dekalova's review of the journals revealed Massey's desire to begin a, quote, sacred journey as a serial killer. In the journals, Massey listed the names of several girls he wanted to kill and stated that he wanted to engrave his name on society. He also wrote about his desire to lash out at society 
and to reap immense sorrow and suffering. Massey described his very violent and sadistic fantasies and expressed a desire to read about criminal and police procedures to eliminate the possibility of getting caught for his intended crimes. Apparently, Massey couldn't read very well, because that didn't work. Dr. Deklova testified that the most alarming thing from Massey's journal entries was the apparent shift from fantasy to more deliberate planning, including the purchasing of weapons. After his evaluation, Deklova concluded that Massey was suffering from antisocial personality disorder and that he represented an imminent threat to others. It seems as though Massey was destined to kill one way or another. Dr. Deklova, therefore, had Massey committed to the Dallas Psychiatric Intensive Care Unit. Deklova testified that there were no successful treatments for someone like Massey, that such individuals pose a lasting threat to society and are at an extraordinarily high risk of killing again and again. Massey's ninth grade teacher and a former seventh grade classmate testified to Massey's extremely disturbing behavior, both stating that his comments often centered around killing. His teacher testified that Massey idolized Charles Manson, and his classmate described the threatening phone calls and letters she received from him, describing dreams of killing her. The classmate's dog had been killed and mutilated, and the blood smeared on her car. In subsequent testimony, it was noted that Massey had written about this incident in his journal. The state showed that in the late spring of 1993, Massey was stopped by Ennis police. Marijuana, a Persian cat with a rope around its neck, a three-pronged knife, and diary that listed names with check marks next to them were found in his car. An investigator for the Ellis County Sheriff's Department read to the jury portions of letters that Massey had written while he was in prison. Massey had written that he liked to read about guns, war, and police investigation. In one journal, also read to the jury, Massey stated that he was about to start his career as a serial killer and mass murderer. Good thing that was shut down, but not before he took two people's lives. Massey wrote that he wanted to, quote, grab society by the throat and shake them with terror until they awoke and realized what's up so they will remember who he was, when and why he came their way, end quote. Massey also wrote that he anticipated that he would become a quote, murder machine, end quote. His journals became increasingly violent and set goals for vast numbers of killings. The state also proffered testimony from Dr. Clay Griffith, a forensic psychiatrist, who, having read portions of Massey's journals, letters, the recorded observations of Dr. Deklova, and the autopsy reports for the present victims, concluded that Massey would be a future danger to society and that he could not be rehabilitated. Griffith also testified that while antipersonality disorder can dissolve with some individuals over time and with age, it would not end the case as severe as Massey's. FBI agent Alan Brantley, who also reviewed the case file, testified in a similar manner. In one of Massey's journal entries, he wrote, quote, My goal is 700 people in 20 years, end quote. And then in another entry, he wrote that he had killed 41 cats, 32 dogs, and 7 cows. Massey pleaded not guilty to killing Christina Benjamin and Brian King. A jury found him guilty and sentenced him to death. The Texas Court of Criminal Appeals affirmed this conviction. All of his other appeals in state and federal courts were rejected. At his execution, Massey confessed to his crime and apologized to the victim's family profusely. He said, quote, 
I do not know any of y'all, and that is unfortunate, because I would like to apologize to each and every one of you individually. I want you to know I did it. I'm sorry for what I have done. I know you guys want to know where the rest of her remains are. I put her remains in the Trinity River, end quote. Next, he expressed love to individual members of his family and apologized to them, saying, quote, for all of the pain that I have caused, end quote. He then talked about how, quote, God has used this to change my life, end quote, and proclaimed Jesus as Lord. In closing, he said, quote, Tonight I dance on the streets of gold. Let those without sin cast the first stone, end quote. His last statement finished, the lethal flow was started. Massey was pronounced dead at 6.20 p.m., eight minutes after the drug flow began. As we can clearly see, Jason Eric Massey was a real-life monster, and receiving the death penalty was what he deserved. Who knows? If the authorities hadn't done their job in such a quick but thorough manner, there very well could have been many more murders at the hands of Jason Eric Massey. That's all for this minisode. I hope you enjoyed it, and don't forget to like and follow and leave a 5-star rating. So, until next time, stay safe, stay alive.